podcast, Why Are UFOs Top Secret? With expert Bob Bria. Good evening. How you doing, bro? Bob? How are you? I'm doing excellent. Tonight we are going to uh, give you something special to listen to. We have a, uh, you know, a lot of uh, sightings by people uh, in all different fields, in the political field, in the, in the uh, sometimes famous, in the famous field where their polit- uh, cameras are always hanging on their uh, <laughs> every word. But uh, we have a, a couple of uh, interesting uh, situations with um, Miley Cyrus, who uh, we're going to let you listen to uh, an experience that she had that uh, kind of uh, really uh, put her uh, put her well, in a dark place for a little while, you and, know. And, and it got her on this podcast, too. And it got her on the podcast. Check uh, this out. Miley Cyrus is recalling an out-of-this-world experience. The music superstar revealed to pal Rick Owens for the latest issue of Interview Magazine that she once had a close encounter with a UFO, and she's got a witness to back her up. Miley recalled once driving through San Bernardino in Southern California with a friend when they were chased down the road by what she described as a flying snowplow that was glowing yellow. And yes, according to Miley, her friend saw it too. The Midnight Sky singer explained that she wasn't exactly afraid, even when spotting a stranger in the mysterious aircraft. But she added that the whole thing was so surreal, she just wasn't quite sure what to make of it, saying, quote, I didn't feel threatened at all, actually, but I did see a being sitting in the front of the flying object. It looked at me and we made eye contact, and I think that's what really shook me, looking into the eyes of something that I couldn't quite wrap my head around. Miley did issue a disclaimer, admitting that she. <laughs> well, now. <laughs> Interesting, huh? Her description of what she uh, uh, encountered that particular evening. Uh, a pink cloud? Was it? V- very similar <laughs> to a lot of uh, sightings that I have uh, read in, uh, in the course of my uh, investigating this uh, odd subject. And. Uh, it reminds me of a, a, a sighting that took place in uh, New Guinea with a, a reverend who had a, a, a school of some type and uh, his students. And they had a, a close encounter with a, a craft that uh, descended upon them. And they were able to see beings in the uh, craft, which uh, they were waving the kids uh, the, on the on the the students were waving to these uh, beings in the window of this craft, not knowing what they were really seeing, and the uh, the incident just uh, remains in the files of the UFO stories. And uh, it, uh, like I said, uh, Miley Cyrus's account sounds uh, pretty interesting. And uh, we have another interesting case that. Uh, 
involves a uh, a Will Smith encounter at the White House. I was at the uh, the White House with with uh, my my family, and and we were getting a, a tour, and you know nice. Barack and Michelle and Sasha and Malia, nice. and it's me and Jada and and the kids, and we're walking through the White House, and the night before, Jaden had said to me, Dad. I, I got to ask the president about the aliens, you know, if we, I was oh, like, cool. dude, no, no, yeah, it's not no, cool. No, it's, cool. it's not cool. It's embarrassing. You have to take that opportunity. <laughs> he, yeah. he knows. No, you don't. Yeah, yeah, because it, he's your son. So all you do is go, oh, I'm was, sorry. I was but like, Jaden, do not ask the president. So we get into the situation room and Jaden gets the look in his eyes and he leans <laughs> over. He says, dad, what's my punishment? And I was like, Jaden, Jaden, do not. So he looks and, you know, Barack is talking about this situation wrong. And Jaden says, excuse me, Mr. President. And I was like, hey, Barack, man, hey, listen, Jaden, Jaden. And Barack said, don't tell me. And in perfect form, like this is why he's the president. He stopped and looked at Jaden and said, the aliens, right? And I was like, oh, shoot. And he said, okay, I can neither confirm nor deny the existence of extraterrestrials. But I can tell you, if there had been a top secret meeting and if there would have had to have been a discussion about it, it would have taken place in this room. Oh! And Jaden was like, ah! That's big. <laughs> he's like, I told you, Dad. I told you it's aliens. I'm like, dude. See, now he's going to watch Men in Black <laughs> yeah. 3 and think it's a fly in the wall documentary <laughs> about his dad. And Men in Black, huh? <laughs> Interesting little encounter there. Um, we're also going to let you listen to a uh, a president who had a. Uh, Wait, I got one more for you, though. Oh, okay. I, I, in, in the in, in the um, process of looking for some famous people that had their own science. Oh, yes, I, we have another one, yes. I mean, he just has, so happens to be a, a famous astronaut, but I had never heard this quote, and I, I'm not sure if it's an edit or not that was done by, like, E! Entertainment or something. Uh, but I think this is pretty cool stuff. Check this one out. Buzz Aldrin. I saw this illumination that was moving with respect to the stars. We were smart enough to not say, uh, Houston, there's a light out there that's following us. So technically, it becomes an unidentified flying object. While uh, Neil and Buzz were on the lunar surface, Neil switched to the, the medical channel and spoke directly with the chief medical officer, saying, they're here, they're parked on the side of the crater, they're watching us. I spotted a lot of stuff that seemed to not belong on the moon. And it has very distinct features of a satellite dish. It's All right. Buzz Aldrin himself, who was there, he was there. <laughs> An eyewitness. <laughs> wow, man. <laughs> we are going to bring all of these types of incidences to you. And that's the purpose of this podcast, to bring the awareness of why this uh, so-called uh, fake subject is has a lot of substance to it. And uh, my partner here, Rob, has been uh, actively uh, digging up all these little uh, pieces on the Internet, and uh, he's uh, found some interesting uh, statements. And um, 
you know, just being part of the general public and not maybe being on top of any a particular subject, you just kind of accept the status quo. And even um, so I surprised myself on some very obvious things that I either didn't know or had just weren't conscious of anymore. And one of them involves uh, a former president, Reagan. Let's see if we can get the right part. He was at the UN. Uh, <laughs> yeah, giving but, a, yeah, check this out. But I think that between us, that and we realized that we have down and threaten us, but I think that between us we can bring about. Let me try that one more time. Much of her belief hinges on the fact that they share the exact same star in the exact same spot. Sorry, guys. Here we go. Oh, yeah, right. Number eight, Ronald Reagan. I don't suppose we can wait for some alien race to come down and threaten us, but I think that between us we can bring about that realization. Although Jimmy Carter once claimed to have seen a UFO, the presidential spot on our list goes to the 40th American president, former actor Ronald Reagan. It was from an airplane one night in 1974 that he said he and the rest of the crew saw, quote, a bright white light, which they followed for a brief period before, according to Reagan, seeing it fly straight up, quote, into the heavens. Our differences worldwide would vanish if we were facing an alien threat. He supposedly spoke to... Okay, what do you think about that? <laughs> Mr. Reagan himself had his own sighting, apparently, right? Yeah, I have a little uh, piece I'd like to read you from a, uh, a book I have, which is uh, follows the president's involvement with this subject. Um, Reagan was um, had a landslide victory uh, over one... Uh, Jimmy Carter and uh, the charismatic conservative Reagan would serve eight years and become one of the most popular presidents in American history. Reagan would also be known by UFOlogists and those on the inside of UFO research as the most open proponent of the existence of UFOs and extraterrestrial president, presence as any president in history. It seems clear that Reagan was at the very least enamored, enamored, what's that word? Enamored. enamored by the UFO phenomenon. He loved it. As he had been <laughs> reported by a number of friends and family members, this was due in part to two sightings the former president had before becoming president. And um, we we just let you uh, listen to that uh, report, which is uh, written in, in uh, print in this book. Um, it's quite interesting how each president has been briefed on the so-called subject that doesn't exist. I mean, it's 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 kind of in, insane that uh, so much effort is being made to discuss the subject that uh, supposedly doesn't exist. And uh, when you add all these little things uh, up, like the uh, astronaut sightings and the, the public's sightings, and the pilots' sightings, it adds up to a, a pattern of suspicion. And, and I think the topic of today being that it even goes all the way to the president. I mean, besides the fact that, as we've often said, this topic is two levels above top secret. <laughs> so many argue that it's above the president's head or beyond or behind or however you want to look at that. Yeah, the last thing that the uh, the country needed was to be faced with some unknown 
menace, you know, mm. after winning uh, the most uh, devastating war in, in American uh, in American life. And um, it, 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 it all falls onto the shoulders of the president at the time of uh, the atomic um, blast. And at the time that the president had to make a decision on whether to use that, uh, that bomb to end the war, the consensus uh, amongst the generals was that uh, it would save lives in, in the long run because the uh, Japanese were never going to surrender. So the bomb was uh, initiated to, uh, uh, I'm sorry, not initiated, it was, it, was it was placed on board the airplane known as the Enola Gay. And, uh, and this plane was stationed at the Roswell Army Air Base in uh, Roswell, New Mexico. And um, it's very interesting. Um, I had a, um, a friend of mine who was a, a member of the uh, podcast, and he, he brought it to my attention that the, uh, the Enola Gay uh, was, was stationed at the uh, Mariana Islands in the Pacific. And uh, I had assumed that it took off from Roswell, which it most likely did, because that's where the bomb was held. What they did is probably stayed at the Mariana Islands until uh, the until the time for the plane to fly over the bomb site. I mean, uh, I don't know what the hour of the release of the the bomb was. If it was in the middle of the night or it was in the afternoon, but I'm sure that. I can find that out, but uh, I just mm -hmm. wanted to clarify that the uh, the that Enola true, basically, yeah, mm -hmm. the Enola Gay did have its base at the uh, Roswell Army base, and and the placement of the uh, the bomb was put onto that aircraft, and it probably flew to the Mariana Islands uh, on on the day that it was uh, supposed to uh, do its. Uh, its mission. Always bringing the truth here, <clears throat> doing our best. We try to uh, correct ourselves when we find a little incident that uh, conflicts with the, the truth, but uh, we are moving towards bringing you most of everything that I have that indicates that this is the truth. And that's why I spend so much time emphasizing the importance of the uh, the Majestic 12 documents, which are such a revelation in, in concept and the importance are, are so, I guess, overlooked by people when I, when I give them this, this uh, group of pages to read for their opinion, because the opinion of the public is what I'm interested in. So when I, when I hand these papers and I, and I say, you know, call me in a week and, and tell me what you think, <laughs> you know, and, and most of the time I get people that say, how do you know that this is real and this and that? And then I get another group that just say, Oh, Oh, that's, that's interesting. You know, they that's don't really, nice. they don't really get it. That's nice. That's nice. Oh, that's a, that's a nice story. You know, uh, very few people it's say, Oh my God. <laughs> where did you get these papers? Right. You know, and, and I, that's the, those are the people that I'm looking uh, to get uh, a reaction from that, that they're so 
amazed by by these these papers that are saying in black and white that they know all about this craft that crashed in New Mexico and the phony weather balloon story that they've been pushing for 70 years. But I, I okay. And you've taught me lots about this and the listening public as well. And but <laughs> this week hearing Reagan making a speech to the United Nations talking about aliens. Hello. That's I don't think I re I realized that that ever happened. <laughs> and uh, <coughs> um so here's a president that had a couple of sightings on his own and one day is making a speech to the United Nations and just so happens to talk about if you know the belief in God and, and if there was an alien and outside force that came upon the earth that we would all join together then and we wouldn't have our differences. And it, and he mentioned it more than once in that speech, mm -hmm. the word alien a couple of times. Yeah. And, and don't forget, I mean, I've, I've told you in previous episodes that the, uh, the CIA does not like this subject being discussed in public. And, uh, I'm sure when they uh, when they hear uh, Reagan saying these things, uh, they they say, "Mr. President, uh, please uh, please not talk about this subject. Please, 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 please." And uh, shut you know, down. I, shut shut, down, shut, down, shut down. You know, I, <laughs> we we have a reason that this subject is being uh, kept secret. So uh, please continue that. And uh, I, the book that I I highly recommend uh, to get a real good basis of the, how the presidents have handled this is this book that I have in front of me called the presidents and UFOs, a secret history from FDR to Obama. Well, I guess we started on the front end of that because we had the uh, Will Smith talking about his personal conversation with Obama. And that's so cool. I think mm -hmm. <laughs> talking about the alien issue, but I mean, I don't think Obama admitted anything there. It was a nice political. Yeah, answer, they they tiptoe around the subject. I know. don't think he wanted to admit the truth there, but he gave us a stock political answer. That was the perfect thing. So uh, <laughs> over the years, I mean, there have been uh, people that have asked the president outright, you know, in front uh, <laughs> with the microphone, uh, president uh, Bush uh, senior was asked one, uh, time about it. And his his answer or reply was, you don't know half of it. That was a famous answer he gave. And we have that in, uh, in one of my books. I'll, I'll, I'll bring it to your attention. And in, in, in 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 you follow don't know it. half of it. Oh, man. He I'll bring that to hanging. your I'll bring that to your attention in the following episode. Oh. But all these little tidbits uh, all add up to a, a slick, slick cover up. And uh, for, for for the world to be left out of this uh, secret is uh, quite amazing. I have a uh, a fantastic uh, film CD DVD actually, which mm -hmm. which is uh, goes into the whole uh, majestic twelve uh, revelation and the uh, the evidence that uh, has been compiled by researchers. And uh, I found this. Uh, I, I guess it's still available. Uh, it's uh, I found it in a, uh, a store, which I, I never see this. Uh, you know, I mean, it's a rare. Uh, it's a, it's basically a, a compiling of footage and proof. Yeah, to proving that we're not alone. Mm -hmm. 
Right. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if the CIA went around buying them all to keep them off the shelves. <laughs> you know, the well, last thing the public uh, needs to know is is that these objects have creatures on 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 them. We just got to get one. All we got to do is get one copy to the bootleggers. You know, the ones that sell them on. You know out in the public transportation and stuff for like a dollar each mm-hmm. and then uh, it'll proliferate. Yeah. We'll sell them all the over. Public. We'll sell them all over New York city. Yeah. Yes. But it, it, then it'll kind of get mixed in with Godzilla and stuff like that too. So, <laughs> so one of uh, hidden, one of the, one of my favorite uh, researchers in the, in the field of uh, ufology is uh, Stanton T. Friedman, which I, I corresponded with over the years. Um, and we sort Very of, cool. we sort of became uh you know, uh, friendly. I mean, he didn't hang up on me. I mean, I'm sure he's had millions of people calling him, and, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, trying to get information from him, but he, he realized that I had a, a, a tremendous, uh, background in, uh, the subject and he, uh, he and I had some good talks. And, mm-hmm. uh, one of the talks we had was, uh, we're talking about, uh, crop circles in, uh, England and, uh, the, the uniqueness of their designs and the, improbability of them being done by uh, a bunch of uh, uh, guys with uh, sticks and wood and trying to press the impression into the... Uh, which can be done. Which can be done, but and, not... And, has, <clears throat> and, and there is being done. But, but, the, but the witnesses who have seen these, these, uh, these symbols in the, uh, in the barley being done by these uh, lights in the sky... Uh, have uh, indicated uh, that they uh, maybe were created by uh, these uh, craft. These, uh, and I used to mention this to uh, Stanton, you know, and we talked about it. You know, it's not humans that are doing it. it must be creatures if from outer at, space. If you look at the elaborate so, ones. So, so I casually said to him, I call it alien etch-a-sketch. And, <laughs> and he laughed, quite, quite laughed, uh, had a good laugh on it. And he said, I'm going to use that, he said, in my, my next lecture. Awesome. That's a great story. And, uh, you know, that is also a great um, analogy. I love it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I said they're playing with the uh, the soil and they and they like the uh, the crop. It, it, it works good on their uh, designs. But uh, I, uh, I I was always wondering how the the books that have come out on the subject have always drifted off the shelves and not stayed on the shelves when, when it's the most interesting subject uh, that hmm. that you can really uh, look at. I mean, it's the the biggest story of our lives is being withheld from the American public and the world. This is a worldwide uh, cover up, and uh, I have statements from Winston Churchill to uh, Harry Truman to uh, Franklin Roosevelt and. Uh, their statements in, in quotes, uh, when you put them together, they were dead fast against uh, this announcement of this, uh, this arrival from these uh, ETs, as they were called. And uh, uh, what he called during the uh, war, the, the objects were being spotted by the, uh, the allies and by the, uh, the enemies, and the, they were reported to their base. And they acquired different uh, titles that we, we weren't calling them uh, flying saucers because that term wasn't developed until 1947 with the arrival uh, 
of the nine flying discs uh, flying over Mount Rainier, reported by Kenneth Arnold. But during the war, the words were used uh, Foo Fighters, which is now a popular rock and roll band. <laughs> and uh, that word Foo Fighters uh, represented uh, balls of light. I think that it's a French word, Foo Fighter. And uh, it represents this uh, unknown object that were pacing the planes. And because uh, we have, I have records of uh, Colonel Rickenbacker, I think his name was, a, a famous uh, military officer during the war who had uh, reports were coming into him about these uh, sightings. Uh, they didn't know what to make of them because they weren't identifying themselves, but they kept, uh, they kept seeing them. And, um, you know, this, this uh, pattern of sightings continued and continued and until uh, one crashed in uh, New Mexico, they didn't have any uh, evidence of uh, uh, what he called the uh, inside of these craft. I mean, we, we had sightings, sightings all through the war, but we never had to examine the interior of this craft until the crash at Roswell changed. It changed everything for the American government. Uh, all these pieces were, were divvied up and given to uh, special laboratories. And uh, I've covered this in past episodes and sometimes I, I repeat myself, but I, uh, I'm, I'm firm, firmly believer in uh, the lie that they're telling us is true. Their, their, their lie is so convincing that it's been accepted, but and the public thinks, ah, oh, that's all phony stuff. That that belongs in the Loch Ness monster category, and these people are lunatics that say that they've been abducted and aliens have entered their bedrooms and stuff like that. But over the uh, over the years, there's been many cases that have shown that uh, this phenomenon that we call the UFO phenomenon is. Uh, it could involve uh, not only a technology from outer space, but a uh, a uh, sort of like a uh, another dimension aspect to it. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, people have uh, written books on time travel and uh, the fifth and fourth dimension, and uh, these are things that we put on the shelf because they're, they're hard to comprehend. But uh, in the world of the future. Uh, who knows what's uh, capable of uh, occurring? You know, uh, we look back and we, we, we research our past. And now that we have a, a, a new way to look at our ancient uh, background, uh, we, we see that it's not all uh, what it's meant to sound. Uh, it, it's not what we were told. It's, it's different. And, and, and the, uh, the writer, Eric Von Daniken, who uh, revolutionized, uh, in my opinion, the uh, field of archaeology and ancient studies, have uh, you know uh, changed the world. Uh, th this this subject has uh, shown to me that not only is our world a, a pit stop in the in the cosmos, but every couple of thousand years there seems to be a a, a visit from who knows where. East, west, south, north, west. There's so many directions, you know, <laughs> that you can go in, in once you leave our planet. And uh, there's life out there, and it's abundant. And uh, as Carl Sagan once said, given enough time, anything is possible. 
Hmm. I could even become a millionaire one day. So if you wait long enough. <laughs> so what other presidents now? We had Obama. We had Reagan. You mentioned you mentioned um, Carter. Well, the the interesting stories are revolving around Eisenhower are quite extraordinary because he's been attributed to be uh, one of the first uh, adversaries to meet these creatures in a in a showdown, and it's been reported that uh, at Holloman Air, Air Force Base uh, there was a landing of these uh, craft and. Uh, there was a, a supposed meeting at the end of the runway, you know, and uh, you kind of think, oh, that's a that's a strange story. Oh, yeah, the uh, President Eisenhower met with the aliens, you know. But when you think about the movie Close Encounters of the Third that's Kind. That's what I was thinking about. <laughs> it has that ring of a meeting, too, except that the difference is, and I've said this in a past uh episode that the meeting that that's represented in the movie is a friendly meeting it's a like oh how you been we we haven't uh, we haven't seen you in a long time you know what's up can you give back those people that you've abducted all these years you know slapping high six, slapping six, high sixes. fives and high, yeah, fives sixes. and sixes yeah they have yep. six fingers i think fives right? and sixes <laughs> but um that movie had a like a, a sort of a happy ending and uh that, that happy ending uh, was created by the consultant to the movie that Spielberg uh, uh, used uh, for his advice on the film and how to proceed. Uh, and his name was Dr. J. Allen Hynek, mm -hmm. who was the top uh, Air Force consultant on Project Blue Book. MJ-12. He's the one that created the three symbols of close encounters of the first kind, close encounters of the second kind, and Close Encounters of the Third Kind. And uh, he, he has written a book on, on uh, those categories and, and what they mean. Right. So he was there to, sh to show Spielberg how to make it real, right? Yeah. And, and not to and scare the public. Uh, yeah. Not to scare the public. Controlling the narrative. Yes. Once again, showing up to control the narrative. I mean, I don't. I, it would be hard for the FBI and the CIA to step into Spielberg's office and say, "Listen, we want you to stop this project, and we don't want you to proceed." Why would it be hard? Film. They do that to everybody else. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a little elbow in the back and gets you a long way. I think. Well, maybe maybe they said, "Well, if we can get ten percent on the profits of the uh, film, uh, we will let you proceed." <laughs> Hey, look, you know, they got to have a little slush fund here and there. It's, uh, everybody needs one. Come yeah, on. Send it to the big boy, right? Yeah. This podcast doesn't have one, but, but it's still the, it's only our 12th episode. <laughs> so um, as we proceed, we, we talk about the, uh, the importance of the, the presidents and their, their, their uh, connection to this subject. And it had to pass their plate. I mean, this subject uh, was, was started with the president. Truman, and uh, he he's the one that initiated the creation of this uh, special group called Majestic 12, which has probably changed its name over the years because of its uh, compromising uh, awareness. Uh, people know about it, so they got to change the name. And that's common. Oh, yeah. That's common. I mean, that's a common thing in the uh, in the CIA to sure. change change names when it needed to be. 
hidden. And this secret and this story is definitely a story to be hidden. <laughs> Could you imagine the public being told, yes, sir, these aircraft are penetrating our airspace and we have no idea why they're doing this. And uh, they won't talk to us and they won't identify themselves and they won't show them, show us their passports. And uh, But we're controlling the airspace. Yes, we're controlling <laughs> something. Yeah. Uh, we have we have so much information on the evidence uh, of their existence that it's it's actually uh, nauseating when you think about it. I mean, I I I used to hear my uh, my uh, wife used to say, "How many books are you going to buy on this subject?" You know, how many how many do you need to realize that uh, what you're reading about is actually true? And I said, "Well, I was actually looking for something to." Uh, uh, sort of uh, confirm it, and that's when I came across the uh, majestic twelve documents. And if you believe in the authenticity of of these documents and the story and the corroborating evidence around it, which points to this document, um, my my interest today today mm -hmm. has been who who leaked these documents? Was it Eisenhower's mm -hmm. family? Was it was it Forrestal's family? Was it somebody <clears throat> with within the family, or in one of the group, one of the groups? Because there was twelve members, and there could have been any one of the family members who could have been talked to by one of those members and mentioned this subject, and had maybe their possessions when they passed away. You know, they they sent the. Well, that's. Yeah, that's, that's your, some, your belongings that's, are, are passed on to somebody mm -hmm. on your uh, on your will, and uh, they could have been holding those documents. Well, I believe that that's how the story goes, isn't it? The one photographer was it the photographer's descendant that had the film? Or no, we, we no, don't no, know. we don't no, know. No, no, I told it's you, I, I told you what happened is the 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 film was in a an eight millimeter roll of mm -hmm. film. And was uh, put in a, in a post office box of one of the uh, researchers in out in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And when he developed it, it showed the, uh, the these eight pages. So it, it's an so, indication that someone in the family of the group itself had con con contained these these documents in their possession, either as a uh, as a will uh, uh, would trans uh, transmit uh, their their belongings and possessions and their their books and everything else that they have to a certain individual in that family and and they then and they this and they, and that particular person didn't agree with keeping this subject quiet anymore so that's why in 1984 when these documents were were surfaced huh? surfaced it, it, it took a long time. Now, if they were fake, no one has come public to say that they're fake because that's the purpose of faking a document is to, is to come forward and say, ah, oh, see, you all fell for that story. But no one has ever come forward to, mm -hmm. to say, ah, oh, see, these were fake. They, although they've been denied as, as forgeries and it's baloney, more evidence points to the fact that uh, each one of those people on that list had the high, high category. Uh, they were all generals. They were all doctors. They were all top people in their field. And, and in fact, general. Who, whose purpose was 
to, to basically be the point people on earth to hide it from the rest of us of what was actually going mm-hmm. on. That's their purpose. Uh, for national security. To hide the truth is really their purpose. Yeah. That's because, their goal. Because they didn't expect this to Supposedly. happen. Yeah. <laughs> Either they know the agenda of these creatures and, and the agenda is too hot to handle for the public to be told. Uh, it is. I don't want to hear it. Thank you. Or or we don't know their agenda. And and this has been a quest of our officials to back engineer everything we can and uh, try to figure out. I mean, what, what, don't forget in the in the SOM uh, follow up document to the Majestic uh, documents. There was more detail on the uh, the work that was going on to study those uh those parts and, and, and to f- find out what, what this object uh, moved from, how did it travel? How did, what was the, what was the means of propulsion? And there were no wires, there was no tubes, there was no propellers, there's no nothing, nothing to indicate a propulsion system. And this baffled the, the, uh, the investigators back in the, in the forties. So uh, they had to distribute these, uh, these things to the best laboratories in our country and uh, and they entered this on a research and development project that would be kept classified and uh you know things have been produced in our society that we 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 tend to uh uh you know take uh take little notice of but uh to your point we somebody needs to um investigate who released that film, oh, I wish we could find that out. Mm. But to, uh, uh, an important point to take you back here to uh, uh, the time around Truman, who created the CIA, created the National Security uh, Council and uh, Security and, Act, Act, and and then also that's that's what led to the National Security Agency, right? The National Security Act. Yeah, all the different it, parts of it. The yeah. beginning of it started there. And and also, uh, what we're alleging, and a lot of people allege, is that uh, he was also this. He basically put Forrestal in charge of putting a group together, according mm-hmm. to one of the memos. Mm-hmm. Him and Doctor Bush, and, and Doctor so, Van, Doctor Vannevar Bush and Forrestal were appointed by Truman to select the people necessary to uh, look into this. Uh, this uh, this possession of this object, and could it be that at that point in time is when it went two levels above top secret? Somewhere around there, maybe presidents weren't in the know from that point forward. Well, from 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 the best uh, advice uh, I've gotten from people like Stanton Friedman and other other uh, writers that I've spoken to, the the immediate possession of the Roswell crash is where the panic started because the excitement and the panic was happening at the same time. Here, here they had something that was so outrageous and yet they wanted to keep it from the public. So they had to completely start a cover-up and continue that cover-up, uh, which has, you know, been fading lately because the, uh, the pilots who saw these objects off the coast of California, you know, have gotten a lot of attention in the, in the press. 
but uh, in the 40s when when they had no idea what this thing was and what it was uh, you know causing it to travel and what knocked it out of the sky you know the the importance of uh, of of this pentagon involvement is what really is interesting because during during the uh, the transmission of this this uh, notice that went out uh, went 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 uh, went viral. Everybody was uh, calling into the Roswell uh, paper uh, and finding out uh, as much as they could about this. And uh, the uh, the Pentagon interrupted the. Uh, the press in the uh, in the uh, in the in the reporter's office, uh, the teletype uh, was what they used back then. So, it was it was uh, a response uh, to the uh, announcement, and they wanted us to to stop it. They didn't want any more printing uh, and more any more uh, advertisement of the uh, uh, of what went on. It was a national security issue, and. Uh, the, that's when the cover-up began. You know, they they didn't know what it was, so they had to they had to lie about it, and they've been lying about it so long that now people are fed up with the lies because it's in your face. You know, when when you when you when you have people that that report these sightings, and if you continually say uh, every one of those people are, are full of it, every one of those people are, are, are lunatics. They can't all be lunatics. I mean, somebody if just one of them is telling the truth. It changes everything. All you need is one. The American Indians studied the stars. <laughs> the American Indians. We called their they 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 looked up to gods, and we called them crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, the the subject is. I mean, it, it's it's it was unexpected. Like I say, after the war, the 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 timing of this this arrival was the last thing that that the United States officials needed to deal with they, they were seeking a peaceful you know a time after the war and immediately they had to be uh, dealing with a, a potential menace they didn't know if the two days later the, our planet would be destroyed by these creatures i mean they had no idea what their mission was so um, the immediate need to cover this up and the classification was so high that it, uh, it it reached the levels that the atomic bomb had, and the Manhattan Project was uh, one of the most classified projects that uh, the United States ever had, and uh, for this subject to be in that kind of category is is truly amazing, and it's deserving too because. Uh, <laughs> um, when has the government been efficient at investigating? Well, we have good people in our government, and we have we have people that aren't so good, you know. And uh, they're not I guess really it, investigators, though, in the first place, you know, they're not well, trained investigators; they're trained lawyers, most of them. But but no, I I, I little lawyers I, do a certain kind of investigating. But. I I I think at the bottom in the in the uh, in the down in and out, the people that are really interested in keeping keeping our country uh, secure and as a great nation that we are, uh, I think that there's good people in our government and, uh, I, I, there's always uh, slime balls in, in the government too. But, uh, I, I look for the good people that, that are there and, uh, I, I have, uh, and they're probably right. <coughs> people, people would freak out. If yeah. We, if I, I can't, 
I can't blame the, the government for doing this. I, I mean, on one hand, I say, yes, I want, I want them to come public and say it. But then on the other hand, I say, gee, uh, how would they run. react? I'm out of here. Yeah. So going, uh, climb under my bed. I guess it's best in <laughs> hindsight to, to continue with the, with the uh, people who knew best at the time. And, uh, and that was people like Churchill and Roosevelt and, and, and uh, Eisenhower, who felt that uh, the, the keeping of the secret is going to do more damage than good. And JFK. And JFK. And Reagan. So you had an you had a you had a uh, an imbalance of uh, people wanting to keep the secret, and then you had the the other people that wanted to to share this with the with the public. So which which end would would be the better side to to go to? It's kind of, it's I guess there's a little bit of both of those in each of us. Hopefully, I guess that's well. Over the human. years, I came across a a book called Project Mindshift, and and that book dealt with the ufo subject sure but what it dealt with was the the public's pre preparation for the for the eventuality that that we have not been alone and that that the uh, the government has put a an effort forward through the use of hollywood and disney and characterizations and cartoons to portray uh the 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 unusual as being possible so you'll see in these these cartoon characters over the years these pixel characters with three eyes and uh one one eye popping out of the top of the head Th these are all a subliminal pre preparation to i'm going to shoot you with my space modulator yeah, and, th and this was used in Star Wars too. The R two D two concept to prepare the the bar. What about that bar uh, saloon uh, scene in the in the Star Wars movie where all the all the different aliens from different planets were were at a bar having a, a yes a, a drink or a, 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 some. A, a, it know. helped the importance of musicians. You know, it really it help, helps the musicians cause that that scene. <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's kind. Of, it was comical Playing to the see clarinet it and all that. <laughs> yeah, but yet you know you you say wow, all that stuff is it, is a casual preparation. It gives your brain an out. Yes, it takes the the anxiety off. Oh, that oh, don't don't be so crazy. Uh, don't be so freaked out if you see. Uh, yeah, it gives a it a box you can with put three in. eyes. You know, or you see one of those guys with the uh, the big the big eyes. You know, <laughs> don't be so freaked out. You know. Don't be, but uh, you will be. <laughs> Just like Miley said, she was quite amazed when she made eye contact with this uh, alleged uh, creature. So any others? Yes, the uh, Jimmy Carter incident uh, was mm -hmm. interesting. Uh, as a governor, he had a sighting, and he once said, quote, if I become president, I will release everything I, I could find on, on this subject. And, oh, uh, now you're gonna send me looking. <laughs> I'm gonna have to. <laughs> that, that that's not that that one wasn't recorded. I'm sure. <laughs> and there was an incident in in one of my books where uh, George Bush Senior came into Jimmy Carter's uh, office at the White House and told him, "You will not say a thing about this subject." And Jimmy Carter, after being told uh, that he could not say a word about it, put his hands in his 
and his hand, his head in his hands on the desk, almost, and was like, like this. had a moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hmm. Interesting. He couldn't go forward with that, with what he wanted to do, and that's interesting because. You know, I mean, he, here is the president. I mean, and here's another president telling him, "No, no, you, you former can't. head of the CIA president, yeah, former former head of the CIA, yeah. who probably knew a lot more than Jimmy Carter knew." <laughs> hmm. So uh, the, the, it just shows you the the control of the narrative is uh, is up for discussion. I mean, when I heard Ronald Reagan make that statement at the UN. I was like, wow, did he just say that? And I, I mean, I had been quite knowledgeable about this subject before Reagan uh, made that speech. So I, when, I, when I heard it, I, I was like, really? He said that? And then, you know, I, I heard other people comment on it, and uh, they were amazed. And uh, then all of a sudden, in the press and uh, a little Nancy Reagan uh, controversy would be deployed, because of Nancy Reagan's interest in astrology and uh, doing things on certain days that were favorable to the moon rising. And uh, they, they sort of uh, implied that, um, that Nancy Reagan was um, influencing uh, the president with, with her wild ideas. <laughs> and uh, she was such a wild one, huh? <laughs> she was the initiator of the Just Say No hmm. for the drug movement, too. So, uh, but uh, it's quite interesting that uh, the negativity that started to surface about uh, Reagan's interest in this subject, and you know, what, what do you mean the negativity? Well, After the, he said that, you mean? He, yeah, it he, seemed to be uh, around the same time when Nancy Reagan's statements started to surface more on the public. I mean, you never heard about Nancy Reagan being involved with the Zodiac and this and that until until right around that same time when when Reagan started to talk. I don't know if it's exactly around that time, mm-hmm. but. When Reagan made the pot, when had that sighting on the airplane, that was a different time. That was in a, a different right. year. Mm-hmm. So in, the UN the statement was was a couple of years later. Oh yeah. So the, so the, the group that didn't want the presidents talking about this subject in public mm-hmm. must have been monitoring, you know, everything that he was uh, uh, doing. I mean, between. Nancy uh, being uh, uh, instrumental in his life, and then he was, and then the attempted assassination on on Reagan. Here's what he said: Cannot swords be turned into plowshares? Can we and all nations not live in peace? In our obsession with antagonisms of the moment, we often forget how much unites all the members of humanity. Perhaps we need some outside universal threat to make us recognize this common bond, Reagan proposed. I, and this was the UN speech. I occasionally think how quickly our differences worldwide would vanish if we were facing an alien threat from outside this world. And yet I ask you, is not an alien force already among us? Say what? Say what? What could be more alien to the universal aspirations of our peoples than war 
and the threat of war. How much unites all the members of humanity? Okay. He's talking about an alien threat from outside this world. And the, the part about doesn't it already exist? You know, and yet I ask you, is not an alien force already among us? Wow. It's uh, to talk about a threat from the outside world and then to say that it's, it, it, it's already among us. I wonder where he was looking when he said, I got to go back. I'm going to have to go back and roll tape. <laughs> yeah. I wonder how excited they were when they heard him say that. Can you imagine some, I bet there was some, some, some stuff hitting the fan. <laughs> But then it's like, wait a minute, what did he mean by that? It's an analogy. Maybe he's just, it's just a little science fiction proposition. Yeah, maybe he just saw the movie Star Wars. And yeah. Movie. You know, it doesn't have anything to do with the fact that he had a couple of sightings, according to people in his family. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> an, it's an, it's just another uh, rip on the narrative, you know? Uh, yep. You can't, uh, you can't sway from the... Uh, the president's uh, decision. Any other presidents? Can I think of? Let's see. You said, you uh, said something about Hillary wanted to find out. Yes, it was. It started with Bill. Bill, mm -hmm. uh, when uh, he was uh, before he was inaugurated, he he asked his uh, future chief of staff um, to find out two Ron questions. Emanuel. I think it was Ron Emanuel. Yeah, uh, to find out the answer to two questions. You know, uh, who killed Kennedy and. Uh, uh, the UFO story, and uh, he was never <laughs> able to get any information. And then, uh, during a, uh, uh, a, he was in Europe, I believe, at a, uh, and having a uh, question being asked by some young young uh, youngster, and the youngster asked him about the uh, UFO story, and Clinton proceeded to say, "Well, if there are UFOs, uh, they won't tell me about it." <laughs> and uh, I want to know, and I don't know if that's verbatim, but it's uh, pretty close to what he said. And uh, in in the in the following uh, months and years, I came across information that Hillary Clinton was quite interested in this subject, as Bill was, and uh, they were invited uh, to uh, Wyoming to visit uh, Lawrence Rockefeller who had this uh, project called the Rockefeller Initiative. Mm -hmm. And this initiative involved the, uh, the bringing about of telling the American uh, public uh, about the uh, UFO uh, presence. And um, this didn't go well. You know, she was running for president, and I'm sure the uh, group, so-called shadow government, uh, did not like her doing these uh, speculative uh, trips to Wyoming to talk to Rockefeller. Uh, of course, they, they can't stop her, but they could stop her from politically achieving the presidency, which... Uh, well, we don't know. We don't know, <laughs> but uh, speculation is interesting. When you see people who push the button a little too much and uh, trouble fall, uh, seems to f fall in front of them, well, one thing's safe to say. If this secrecy started back in the 40s, they sure have done a good job. Oh, wonderful job. Yep. 
they've been very successful. And uh, the process of using the word uh, conspiracy, as I've mentioned in the previous episode, is a is a policy labeling uh, process to apply to a, a subject that uh, they they who I I quote as being the shadow government they use this conspiracy label to uh, hide the the facts that there's probably truth behind it and uh, I recently found out uh, I uh, had a conversation with a, a other buddy of mine up in Lake George which uh, gave me an interesting background on the uh, the old newspaper the National Enquirer <laughs> Yeah. Turns out the National Enquirer had a uh, a connection to the CIA, hmm. and uh, the the uh, a fella who started the paper, a fella by the name of Pope, mm-hmm. worked in counterintelligence in uh, CIA. Not 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 a surprise, knowing what we yeah. know today. I mean, and, and and it runs it runs uh, so it runs funny was, how that, the, that's how they smeared. I mean, yes, it was that, a smear. That, it was a it was a a smear machine. Mm-hmm. A schmear machine is right. Schmear. <laughs> and, it wor- and it worked right because uh, yeah. I used to buy that paper all the time when I was a kid and read all these strange stories of ghosts and uh, people coming through walls and UFO stories and, you know, and, yep. and never thinking that I was reading anything that was factual. I, I you know, I, I took it all as phony, phony stories. Yeah. Because I mean, the it, magazine had the reputation of being a, a phony magazine. Yes, and it got Lock sued Nash. all the time, and yeah. they settled, but they sold them on the, every everybody had to every buy supermarket. That it was and the it, rumor mill. Oh, not right. only that, but they used this special method of selling it. It's and called, celebrity too. It's called uh, placement. Um, it's called half nudity. No. <laughs> when they put it on the on the counter at the register, uh-huh. that's that's called something. Uh, Purchase uh, it's a, well, impulse that's, buy. Yeah, impulse buy, right. They right. put that newspaper there for a reason because they wanted every customer that bought food to buy that newspaper, take it home, and read all this junk and then throw the newspaper out. And this newspaper was successful for all these years in the, in the recessions. They made so much the, money they could, afraid, they could afford to pay all those um, uh, downtimes. Yeah. Well, they no, could the keep times it going. they got sued. I mean, oh, yeah. The right, settlements, the, the settlements. Yeah, sure. <laughs> For the, sure. uh, so that 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 newspaper had a uh, such a successful uh, uh, route that other newspapers came out tried to copy that pattern and style. Uh, there was the uh, and the then Globe. tabloid TV came into being, right. and the rest is history. Mm-hmm. So you know, unfortunately, there's a low a low percentage trust of the media in the United States, mm-hmm. and I think you know that's got to go the other way. Let's I'm I'm hopeful that it's going to go the other way. I mean, we try to tell the truth right here for the people. Yeah, and as long as we try to keep telling the truth, I mean, it's it's going to affect other people because they're going to realize that there is truth to what I'm saying. Hey, if it's only 12 of them, then, hey, we greatly outnumber them. I, I once read a, a small little statement in, in one of the books I have, and it said, you may not believe everything you read about UFOs, but just think of what it means if just one is true. And that, that little statement is so haunting because it, it bears the, the, the look of how many people could be lying about this. And unless there's a percentage of them that are telling the truth, 
And that percentage is worth looking at closely because something is going on here. And uh, that's why I say that this, this phenomenon that we call the UFO phenomenon could be more than just a visit of, of ETs. This could be a, uh, uh, a taking of our minds. This could be a, uh, uh, some kind of transmission of, uh, our soul, you know, th th these could be I agree. soul, soul seekers, yeah. uh, something. It, yes, I agree, and I think, and maybe that that that's why it's such an o overriding, powerful thing on people's back, you know. And I, I think the, the 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 numbers show that most people believe in them. The question is, what percentage of those are actually ready for the truth, and can or could you know could deal with it? Yeah, the truth is sometimes hard to accept. It's uh, it's uh. It's easier to to, 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 to to listen to a lie and just say, oh, it's that's easy. Now I can go to sleep. But once you once you hear the truth, then it's hard to go to sleep. Exactly. Um, you know, we're going to have to, you know, there's strength in numbers. We got many cell phones out there. Use your night mode. <laughs> and send questions. I want questions. I want also anybody listening. If there's anybody that's in the background of flights, pilots have had uh, flight, uh, you know, uh, pilot licenses and have uh, flown their own plane and uh, maybe had some interesting uh, situations occur. Maybe they can talk about it with me. Our uh, website is ufostopsecret.com. You can send email to ufostopsecret at protonmail.com or just go to our website or go to our Podbean account there um we always love our podbean family who joins us live here and makes it interactive we got i want to say uh give props out to big chief Thunderlung. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's had an experience himself which we're gonna have to get some more information on we may have to have him call in next time i'm hoping to have a psychologist book on the show pretty soon who's had some experiences herself but i can't wait to ask her some questions about the whole psychological side of this as you were just talking about mm -hmm. and uh i want to give a shout out to jb always coming through um also gp man light being uh i see rejevi and rezgovzez <laughs> <laughs> hey it's good to have unique names we, but th we thank all of you guys for listening and it's uh, the human race <clears throat> we all got to join together and let us know what you see don't forget to Look up and keep your eyes and ears open. Especially on those starry, starry nights. Starry, starry night. We'll see you guys next week. And I think we're going to be going back to one of our prior topics. I think it's going to be part two of the ancient astronauts. What do you say, Bob? Mm-hmm. Some new evidence have shown that uh, there was a bridge built between Sri Lanka and India. You don't have to go any further than right here to get the bridge to the truth. We'll see you next week. Thank UFO's you. top secret, Mr. Bob Bria. Bye-bye now.